Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Asylum Heart Radio. Uh, We're going to continue our discussion about false teachers, but uh, in this episode, I want to focus on what God uh, has written down for believers, uh, not only to know, but also to practice. And so this, uh, this knowledge uh, or awareness is pivotal if the believer is going to uh, be prepared uh, in these evil days. And you know as well as I that uh, uh, the days are evil. And so with that, let us have a word of prayer, and then we will begin our study for this morning. We do thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to study your word. We ask to be filled with the Spirit, and we know that if there is sin in our hearts, Lord, then we cannot be filled with the Spirit. But we also know that if we, could, we would confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us for all, from all unrighteousness. And we thank you in the name of Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, first of all, I'm going to be, I'm going to be speaking uh, from Second uh, Peter. And uh, I'm going to uh, begin this discussion from Ephesians chapter 5. There are some things that I want to review before we go on to Peter. And uh, I want to emphasize in this discussion that the, the New Testament writers uh, were born alone, uh, along by the Spirit of God. And the writers of the New Testament were mature believers. They uh, were matured uh, in the field of duty. They were not uh, armchair scholars or by any means. And so what we have here is knowledge that had that has been tested in the field, knowledge that has been demonstrated uh, through what through the encounters of the apostles uh, with false teachers and others, that they were indeed uh, chosen by the Spirit of God to go out and to herald the good news of salvation. So. All of the apostles faced uh, not only persecution <clears throat> from false teachers, but also from the government of Rome. So please understand the background of these writings. And uh, they were given only, uh, they were provided for the believing community so that 
of believers might grow up into all things unto him. And I'm going to continue to emphasize this because of the times in which we live. Now, uh, false teachers uh, were in existence in the first century. Jesus himself encountered false teachers uh, from the Pharisees, who were the religious uh, traditionalists, and uh, it is through them that the Old Testament was handed down to us, and from Jesus had uh, opposition from the Sadducees, who were the liberal, the, the religious liberals of their day. They did not believe in the resurrection, but the Pharisees did. And then the political class, uh, Jesus faced opposition from the political class represented by the Herodians. And so these three groups came together uh, and they formed a, uh, a, a, a to, uh, they came together in order to fight against Jesus because Jesus was removing uh, the power differential into uh, his control. And they saw that the people uh, wanted to take him and make him king. It was the uh, resuscitation of Lazarus that ultimately led the, the Pharisees to say, okay, uh, we need to get rid of Jesus. So uh, Jesus knew uh, when the, the, the hour or the time of the, the powers of darkness would be at their fullest. That is when God would give permission for them to unleash uh, their, their worst upon the person of Jesus. But we see uh, throughout his ministry, we see that uh, God held back uh, the powers of darkness uh, from destroying Jesus when Herod sent out his men uh, to destroy the babies. They, they, he was looking to destroy the newborn king. Uh, when Jesus preached his first sermon and the people of his own community uh, could, uh, did not want to hear the truth, the real truth, uh, they wanted to destroy his life then, but the Holy Spirit preserved the life of Jesus because his time had not yet come. And Jesus would say this, my, my, during his public ministry, my time has not yet come because he knew that uh, he knew the time, God's, God's timeline, how God would allow certain things to unfold. And nothing happens without uh, the will of God. Nothing. Uh, and God says some very mysterious things at times. God, God will say, I create the darkness and the light. But you've got to understand the context in which God says that. Now, having said that, uh, Jesus, the, the, the false teachers of Jesus' day, uh, you know, they were, they did not want uh, Jesus around at all because of what he was doing. He provided hope. 
uh, he provided uh, people with food, uh, medical healing. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus was a, the first medical missionary of the church. Jesus provided them a new way of understanding themselves with truth. They did not have to live in lies or with lies or be wounded uh, unto death uh, by the consequences of darkness or lies in their lives. Jesus went to the point of saying that uh, when a little girl had died, he said, uh, don't fear. Uh, she's only asleep. And when the people laughed at him to, to scorn, he, he told the mother and father, you know, just believe. Don't listen to who is around you, but listen only to me. And this is why on the Mount of Transfiguration, the father said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. That is, hear only him. Hear only Jesus. Hear only Jesus with a view to obeying what he says. It is, as James writes, the engrafted word that saves our souls. The engrafted word that is able to save our souls. We are to give heed to the word. That is, uh, what we hear, uh, when we hear the truth, we are to practice. Uh, we are to practice that truth. And it is when we practice the truth that that you and I will prosper. This is the only way to prosper in Christ. When we practice what we know. And uh, one of the uh, judgments upon people during uh, the public ministry of Jesus was uh, upon rejection of the truth and upon failure uh, to hear with a view to obeying the word of God. Then God removed from their souls that truth with which they thought they had. And so this was their judgment. They had rejected the light that had been given to him. And so because the word of God is a precious, precious treasure, God removed from them that of his word. And so now uh, they go back to stumbling in the darkness from which they uh, emerged. They were barely being saved. And Peter uh, we'll use this term about those who are barely being saved and how false teachers uh, would lead them back into ruin. And this is what false teachers want to do. Now, the first false teacher uh, was, of course, the devil himself. Please listen carefully. In eternity past, in eternity, uh, we uh, we have the the person of, of Lucifer, son of the morning, son of the morning, and he led a rebellion against the throne of God. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel uh, that iniquity was found in his heart, lawlessness was found in his heart, and he said that he would ascend. Uh, above the throne of God. He would make his throne above the throne of God. 
And so he led a rebellion or a coup against the throne of God, and one-third of the angels fell with him. Now, in Genesis 3, so we see that the false teaching originated in eternity. And then in Genesis 3, he comes on the scene again as the Nakash, as the shining one. Now, note that God is unapproachable light. Uh, the effulgence the of his, de- his deity is light. In the beginning, God said, light be, light was. Notice that the enemy will always imitate God. He will never imitate a great man, the greatest man or the greatest woman. The devil will never imitate. He will use them uh, to for his will, but he will never imitate them or man. He will always imitate God. So in the garden, in Gan Eden, he appears as the Nakash, the shining one, and as a deceiver. And as a, the, the first false teacher, what does he do? He casts... Uh, he says this about the word of God. Yea, has, has, or hath God said. He begins with doubt. And the woman seizes upon uh, this doubt that the enemy has introduced about the character of God, about the integrity of God. And so after the woman seizes upon that seed of doubt, then it begins to germinate and spread through her soul, and it becomes a rebellious seed. And the man, that is the Adam, he sins along with his wife. He sins knowing he is the federal head of the race. He, uh, he knows, uh, so this is willful sinning on his part. He was not deceived. But the Bible states that Eve was completely and wholly uh, overthrown by deception, whereas the Adam was not. So he knowingly and, and, and willfully sinned against the light. But we see the mercy of God at work. We see the grace of God at work in that God uh, uh, provided salvation for both the man and his wife. The, the lives of animals were shed. That is, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. So I want you to see what sin really is. Sin always costs a life. Liberal theology, freedom theology, uh, cultural theology, which focus on social gospel, which focus on social redemption, the redemption of society, theologies that focus upon ethnicities uh, like water buffalo theology, black theology, liberation theology. All these different theologies uh, do not uh, focus upon what God focuses upon. God focuses upon the salvation of man. 
the division into races, and please, I need you to hear me, the Bible never uses the term race or races. That is not in the Bible. Paul, in his, in his great sermon, states on Mars Hill that God has of one blood made the nations. God has of one blood made the nation. And so if we do not follow what the word of God teaches, we're going to be led astray. Now, having said that, let me say that the Bible recognizes that there are uh, different blood groups. And so the Bible acknowledges that. But the idea of race, that is a 19th century anthropology term. The Bible never uses it. And so uh, when we uh, use it, then it is a failure upon our part to recognize what the Word of God teaches. And so uh, the Word of God must be preeminent in our thinking. If the Word of God is not preeminent in our thinking, then a lot is going to go wrong with us spiritually. You know, uh, I see people uh, walk around uh, with unconscious spiritual schizophrenia all the time. And it's so ingrained uh, in their sense of self that they don't even recognize it. It was uh, uh, Jeremiah who recognizes, who recognized that uh, the way of man is not in himself. The way of man is not in himself. Isn't that an interesting uh, observation from the prophet? Isn't it very interesting that he makes this observation about uh, human beings and uh, what, uh, what man has become? And the Bible uses several different terms for man that I'm not going to go into today, but I just want to focus on, you know, just false teaching. So uh, in, uh, the false teaching, the false teacher in Genesis 3 uh, leads to, uh, because both uh, the Adam and his wife sinned before God. And so they were forgiven of their sins. We see the grace of God at work. Then uh, we see in their family, the first family, we see the consequences of sin. Now, the consequences of sin first appeared between the Adam uh, and his wife. Uh, he blames God for what had happened. He says, the woman you gave me. And so notice that sin and in its terrible manifestation, in compromise always involves what? Blaming others for what we ourselves have done because sin does what? Sin creates a split in the heart. Sin creates darkness. And, uh, but since people are able to keep on speaking, keep on talking and thinking, they never realize 
and understand that sin that sin is more than a moral failure. The moral failure is a symptom of sin. Lying is a symptom of sin. And the, the pattern of, of lust that follows, that colors the personality uh, that invades the soul and, and strangles God, uh, God consciousness within the heart of the, the person. Uh, and then there's moral self-estrangement, which uh, eventuates in the collapse of the soul. This modern psychotherapy, modern psychology, modern psychiatry does not see. But you know what they do? They capitalize on human darkness because uh, these, uh, these so-called social scientists, uh, scientists like psychology, sociology, psychiatry, Psychiatry is not a science. Psychiatry may have some, some scientific and, and, and medical insights, some, but it is not, uh, it, it is based on human darkness as well. If you have, if you read some of the writings of, of what these people write about the human condition, you would understand what I'm saying. What I am really saying is that there's no insight that uh, of the human condition that is above that of God. And so uh, we have the flood. The flood will come on the scene. And then uh, the collapse of everything. Then God allows uh, uh, the world to come back through the sons of Noah. And there are three sons. And the nations of the world will come through his three sons. Notice, God has, has of one flood made all the nations of the world. So we see in the, uh, we go back to the first family, the consequences of sin. Uh, we have uh, Cain, uh, K-A-I-N in Hebrew, uh, slays his brother Abel, uh, whose name means breath. He takes his life. He slaughters him. And so uh, that's one of the consequences of sin. Now, false teachers are false teachers for a reason. Because what is their doctrine? The doctrine of the cosmic system that started in the ancient world, that started in, in, in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, we have paradise lost. At the end of the book of uh, Revelation, we have paradise regained. But paradise regained comes through what? Comes through history. Paradise can only be regained through what? Through blood. And it is through the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that paradise is regained. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. We can only receive salvation, and that word means rescue. It means to be 
uh, pull out uh, and away from danger. That is what the word salvation means. To be saved means that one has been rescued out from danger. So now we go to Ephesians 5. Uh, first Paul lays the doctrinal ground for who we are, uh, and then uh, he goes into uh, what the, the what having a, a, this doctrinal ground, we dare it, 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 it shows itself in practice in our lives. It show, or it demonstrates uh, itself in practice. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul will say that the greatest gift is love. The greatest gift is love. What God gets, uh, does through regeneration is to, uh, he makes, he, he, we go through a new birth or a rebirth, again, birth. Some people say, well, I'm a born-again Christian. And you will never find those words in the New Testament. The Bible, uh, in, in, in John 3, Jesus talks about the necessity uh, of the new birth. When he speaks uh, at night with uh, the, this religious leader, he talks about the necessity of the new birth. If one does not uh, undergo the new birth, one is not a member of the kingdom of God. One can be religious and have religious veneer, but one is not saved. It is when one has been born anew through the Holy Spirit of God. That which is of the spirit is spirit. That which is of the flesh is of the flesh. And so uh, the Holy Spirit forms the body of Christ. We are baptized into the body of Christ and into Christ, the head of the church. This is the teaching of the word of God. God said in the Old Testament, behold, I make all things new. God says, I am doing a new thing. When Jesus meets uh, Simon in John chapter 1, he changes his name. Andrew brings his brother to Jesus. Andrew brings Simon to Jesus, and when Jesus meets him, he says, you are Simon. And then Jesus says, uh, gives him the new name, Petros, that is a rock, because Jesus knew upon meeting Simon that he would become Peter, a rock. But there is that process, that is that growing up uh, that Peter had to do through what? Through going to a Bible college? No. Through going to a seminary? No. When I was in seminary, one of my professors said that you guys are going to be nothing but a bunch of CEOs. He said, if I had my way, I would make you go out uh, and police the campus, pick up paper, put away cans, do practical work, because he knew what kind of individuals were being created by merely educating the mind and not the heart. 
he knew that what? When Jesus went out into his public ministry, uh, Jesus knew the word of God, but then he put into practice what he knew in his heart. We see from a young age, in, uh, from the Gospel of Luke, that his, his mother and father, oh, his mother found him speaking with the doctors of the law. They were, dis- they, they were discussing the word. From a young age, he knew the word. Timothy, from a young age, knew the word through his mother and his grandmother. He knew the word. And so um, it is this which makes us grow up in the faith. It It is the word of God. So so in Ephesians uh, chapter uh, chapter four verse one, Paul writes, "I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love." Now, the last part of verse 2, when he talks about forbearing, it means clemency. It means to put up with. It means clemency. Because there will be, some believers uh, will be uh, offensive in, in some of their actions toward us. And so here it is, clemency. If there's not clemency, or at least that we can't move on. We can't grow up forbearing one another in love. This is our prescription. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all, and through all, and in you all. And so there are seven blessings here that Paul enumerates. Seven is the number of completeness. This is brilliant. So before I get to Ephesians 6 and talk about the armor of God, uh, Paul talks about the character of those who have been born again. See, the uh, the beauty of... of, into, of the souls of people who have been born again is demonstrated in what? In the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And what does God do? When God, God is, a, is the husbandman or the farmer, when he wants to grow us up, he prunes us. He prunes us through experiences, through circumstances, through challenges, through tests of faith requires courage towards God. And so therefore, as we grow up in our faith and and we look to God more and more, that shows you how strong we are becoming. Because God will will put us in a crucible of suffering so that we will know or learn what? To turn our eyes to him. Verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. 
So let me stop here for a moment. Believers aren't just uh, – believers are not victims. And Rome persecuted believers for a reason. Rome uh, had given us, uh, was given over to the, the cult of the Caesars who wanted to be God. Alexander the coppersmith who did Paul much evil uh, was upset with Paul because at Ephesus uh, people were into magic and spells. And so what did the believer community do there after they were saved? They brought out their books. They took all this stuff, this junk about magic and spells, you know, out of their home. They threw out the satanic Bible. They threw out all these books, and they stopped buying these uh, these idols, uh, little figure figures in the marketplace. So, uh, the gospel did harm to the economy of Ephesus, and so uh, they wanted to to bring Paul up on charges of treason. So, notice in verse seven, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Look, we come to understand this, the measure of of grace that God has given us uh, when we walk in Christ. I didn't say be religious, and I'm not saying anything about going to or attending a local church. I'm talking about uh, one's focus is exclusively upon the person of Jesus. He has given grace. It doesn't read here that a local church or a pastor or a seminary professor has given us what? Grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. No, it reads Christ. The scripture reads Christ. The focus is always upon Christ. The focus is never upon an organization or a body or a synod. It is always upon who Jesus is. Wherefore, verse 8, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto man. What's your spiritual gift? What did God provide for you? Now notice. When you are spirit-filled and you know your gift and you exercise uh, your faith in Christ, you go out into the cosmos, there is going to be that resistance. And now you see, I just want to give you some background and grace so that you will understand why false teachers are so vehemently opposed to believers. Because what you bring and what I bring is not what the cosmos wants. Because humanity is enslaved in darkness. They have corrupted people. People are under spells. And now we see in our own day this word, uh, pharmakia, is prominent in Galatians chapter 6 and also uh, in uh, the book of of Revelation uh, that speaks about the, the... Ecclesiastical Babylon and how Ecclesiastical Babylon traffics in human souls or the souls of men. 
traffic, human trafficking is in the word of God. Pharmakia, or seducing and destroying lives through drugs. And the word pharmakia actually refers, refers to a, a sorcerer who, through spells uh, and wizardry and drugs and dark magic, destroy souls. So this is why false teachers are sent out to actively oppose and to stand against the truth of the gospel. The gospel is freedom. The gospel is good news. Everything about man uh, through the media is about what people don't have, what people can't get. Uh, it is about fear. It is about telling people, well, you can't have this. This is not yours. Because these powers do not want you free. They want you there for their abuse, for their use. Jesus said, in contradistinction to all others, I alone will make you free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus said, I have come to heal the shattered in heart. Parts of you which are thrown away, those parts of the secret soldiers when their souls and their personalities are split and put into the bodies of other clones and used for abusive and, 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 and dark uh, missions, Jesus said what? I've come to heal the shadow in heart. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not die but have eternal life. Read your Bibles. Study your Bibles. In your word, in the word of God, you will find your place and you will find a meaningful and real life that is filled with God's peace and God's presence. Good morning, and God bless you.